Man, what an evening, hey? Yeah, yeah, God is so good. And I feel like there's just really a sense that God is among His people and that He's doing life-altering stuff. You know, I really feel like the Lord is just shifting things, you know, like just in the spirit and in the atmosphere. And before I, I share the message that I really feel like, you know, God has laid on my heart, it's going to sound like I copied Andrew, but I promise you He copied me. Um, you know, so, but I really want to say that, you know, take tonight just as a reminder, you know, just what the Lord just wants to come and do in all of our lives, you know, but I feel like I'm going to be, you know, as Leonard said, I'm going to be um, kind of like disobedient, you know, like if I'm not doing what I'm going to do now, I just felt a couple of words for people and for some of you, it might, you know, feel like I'm putting you on the spot or anything like that, but I just want to be faithful, you know, just with what I feel God is just laying on my heart and what he's saying. I just want to, um, I don't know what's your name. Okay, cool. Stella, but I just, I just felt the word for you um, in Isaiah 41, verse 8 to 10, and it says, But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its father's corners, saying to you, You are my servant, I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not, do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right. And I feel like there's a call of God that's upon your life. Um, and I feel like a lot of times you've been in situations where you've kind of doubted, you know, like whether this is God or whether it's your own, you're kind of like uh, just mind. But I feel like the Lord has really put something regarding missions on your life and regarding bringing people into the full of God who, you know, the normal kind of like person, you know, like in the church or whatnot would not bring in. And I feel like the Lord is saying that it is me, my, my hand is upon you, I have called you. And he's saying to not be, do not, do not be dismayed, do not be, uh, do not be afraid, do not fear. And I feel like like there's also a tendency, you know, like as you doubt the Lord, you know, that for you to kind of like, you know, ask the question, should I change direction or should I change my mind or should I change what I'm studying or should I change what I'm doing? But the Lord is saying that my hand is upon you and I have called you to bring many into my fold. So please test that and just see if it resonates with you. I'll speak to you afterwards just to figure out if, you know, just it's my own thoughts or, or whatever it is. Um, and then second of all, I'm sorry, the couple that's behind Nodine and, uh, um, uh, and Mac, um, <laughs> I am really, really sorry because I do not know you at all, uh, but I really just felt a word, um, and I, I don't know if you are elders or if you're leading a church or if from another church, or I, I, I honestly don't know anything, but I just felt, you know, just a, a Revelation 22. And it says, then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Also on, it, on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit yielding its fruit every or each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. I like that. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be honored, and His servants will worship Him. 
And then it says, it ends with, it says, they will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads and night will be no more. They will need no light or lamp or sun for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. I just feel like there's just a flow of the river of life that's flowing from God that's coming to you guys. And as I said, I don't know if you're planted within a church or if you're leading a church or anything like that. I feel like there might have been seasons where things might have been difficult, especially with walking with people or journey with people, but I feel like the Lord said there is life uh, that's coming, in, and wherever the, the river of His presence is going to flow through you, you know, that uh, that with this, you know, will come fruit, you know, I feel like there, there's really a grace for you guys to bear fruit and to bear much fruit, it says here each month it bore fruit, and I feel like the Lord is saying that you're entering into a season that as His presence come upon you as a church, as His presence flow through you as a church, that it will be marked by fruit and much, much fruit, I feel like you've been in a season as well, where it was really, really difficult to walk with people, but I feel like the Lord is saying, man, He's about to bring an easiness even in just walking with people. So I really hope, you know, that, yeah, that's a, a from God. Um, yeah, really, really, really hope. So just really trying to be faithful with God, what God is saying. Um, and for some of you guys, this might be scary, and I promise you, um, I wouldn't do something like this. I will never, ever, ever in my life do something like this if I don't feel like it's something that's coming of God. You know, that's why I'm saying even afterwards, I'll speak to them to really test, you know, because this is, this is heavy, guys, to stand in front of people and to say, this is what you're feeling from God. It's something that can derail someone or change someone for the rest of their lives. You know, so even as I'm speaking tonight, I'm speaking with, with trembling in my heart, you know, with, with fear in my heart and, and really crying out in me to say, Lord, I really hope that this is from you. I hope that this is not something that I'm conjuring up or something that I'm trying to feel out, you know, but I really hope that it's really coming from the Lord. And with that mention, uh, Leonard mentioned uh, 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 Psalm 2 verse 8, I really felt it strongly for us, you know, as a church, you know, to say that there's a grace of God to say, man, name the nations, name the nations that are put in your heart, you know. I feel like for some of us, as we release our plans, our own thoughts, and the things that we think we are here on earth for, and as we allow the God of plan to come upon our lives, I really feel like there is a grace, you know, for God to come into that and to use you in, 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 in crazy ways. And let it mention the words, to use you in ways that you've never even thought before. And nations is something, I know we've been speaking about the move of God in Stellenbosch and what God is doing among us, but I feel like what the Lord is doing is even further you know, than what we can think and what we can imagine. He's saying, man, ask of me and I will give you the nations as an inheritance, you know, that the ends of the earth as your possession. And I feel like, you know, as, as young people, it might be scary to pray prayers like that. You know, but I feel like, man, if you are here tonight and you feel like the Lord is laying something on your heart, I want to say, please, obviously process it with elders, you know, with the people that are around you. But I want to say, man, maybe that is God that's saying, I've put that nations on your heart. You know, I've put that nation in your heart. So if you feel like that tonight, please don't hesitate just to come afterwards and to just, uh, to just come and speak to us. Um, Sure, that was a lot, huh? It was a lot. It was a lot. And the last thing that I want to mention, and then I'll end. And I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry, Leonard, that I'm, I'm, I'm going totally off script, you know. Um, one thing that I, that I felt, you know, like just in a prayer meeting, there were a lot of words of God just coming and stirring faith among us. And Matthias brought a word to saying that he sees a whirlwind, you know, of, of faith and that God is busy stirring faith within us as a church, you know. And we need to be souped up in that faith. 
And, and, and last night, I think, you know, when we, when we left, for those of you who were at the gathering, there was just, a, a, I think, a stirring of faith in all of our hearts, you know. But I almost felt like a warning for us as a church to say that, that faith shouldn't be just faith. It, it should be faith that's accompanied with action. You know, I feel like the Lord is saying, and I was brought back to the story in John 5 that speaks about the guy who was lame and sitting, you know, besides the river that couldn't get into, into the river. You know, I feel like as the Lord is staying faith in our hearts, as a church, in that, that we need to take a step, an action from our side to jump into that thing to say, Lord, we want to give of ourselves. We don't want to just be stirred, you know, for faith. For what? You know, and, and this is the word that I, that I felt. James 2 verse 17 says, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it is dead. And then it says, uh, yeah, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it is dead. So show me your faith and I'll show you my works. You know, so I feel like the Lord is saying that He wants to transition us from a place of merely just having faith, but from a place, you know, to act, not just to receive, but to act within that. And I hope that it resonates with us as a church tonight. Shoo, then where do I start? Where do I start? Yeah, let me, let me actually just start with, with prayer. Yeah, just to center myself as well. Father, we, we just want to thank you, Lord. Our God, we thank you that you are good. We thank you that you are God. Lord, we in awe of who you are tonight, God. Lord, there's truly a sense that you are among your people. God, and we just want to be aware of your presence tonight and say thank you, God, that you delight to be with us as your people, God. Father, we thank you that you don't delight in visiting us, Lord God, or just, you know, random encounters every here and then, God. But thank you that, you that you want to inhabit us, God, that you want to be with us, that you want to commune with us, Lord God, on a daily basis, God. Father, and tonight we just want to open up ourselves, Father, for you to come and do, for you to come and move, for you, Father, to come and shift whatever it is, Lord God, that you want to shift, Lord. God, I even pray, even as your word just goes out tonight, God, would you use it, Lord, just to propel us, Lord God, into the things, Father, that you've called us for, God. Lord, we, we realize tonight that your word says that we are Christ's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that you have prepared in advance for us to walk in, God. Lord, would you come and reveal those good works, Father, so that we may walk, Lord, in every single thing, Father, that you've called for us to walk in, God. Oh, Lord, it may not be for our glory, God. May it not be, Lord, for our gain. May it not be, Father, to, to pat ourselves on the shoulders, Father. But may it be, Father, for, for the glory of your name, God. May you establish a name for yourselves through us, Lord God, as instruments and as vessels, God. Oh, we thank you, God, that you want to work in us, Lord, and that you also want to work through us. So may you and you alone be glorified tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So what I want to speak to us tonight, and as I said, that it's going to sound like it's a repeat, you know, from what Andrew was, uh, was preaching about yesterday. But I want to, a little bit, I think, you know, God has done a lot tonight, you know, so I'm not even going to go through everything, you know, that I, I was planning to go through. I'll try to really keep it brief, um, you know, but I want to speak on God's mission, our commission. God's mission, our commission. And I really feel like this is a word, you know, that's really, I mean, as we've heard yesterday, it's a word that's in season. It's a word that God is putting in our hearts and saying, man, I am in this, and this is what I'm saying. This is how I want you guys to act, and this is what I want to do through you as a church. 
And as I was just preparing this word, I was just reminded uh, when I got saved, um, I got saved in the year 2008. Uh, I was 16 by that time after many years of just being messed up, being far away, alienated, and a stranger from God. And, and when I got saved, I remember, you know, I had two friends, or actually three friends who were very passionate about God. So the oldest one among us was only 17 years old, and it was me, 16 years old, and another one of my friends, and then the other one was, I think, like 13 or something like that. So you can imagine what 13-year-olds and 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds, what we know about the gospel. It's basically nothing. We don't know anything. But I remember, you know, as, as, as teenagers, every Sunday morning, every, every, every Sunday, it was religious, we would walk the streets of our community preaching the gospel. And if we didn't want to walk, we would, we would take the church, we made a deal with our pastors to say, we will be the guys at church that sets up everything. So he doesn't need to worry about the, you know, pre-setup, the setup, and, you know, after church. We'll do, we'll do anything that needs to be done. What we want is we just want to borrow the church's sound. So the sound system, we want to take that and we want to use it. So what we would do is at one of my friend's houses, we would put up these speakers that were huge. And at five in the morning, we would preach the gospel. So, so you can think to yourself that, you know, everyone was very happy with us, you know, to share the gospel at five in the morning, you know. Uh, we had persecution, to say the least, you know. Uh, but but I, re I remember some of these moments, I mean, we would barely, as we walked the streets, see our Bible. I mean, we barely knew what the gospel was. We barely knew what it meant to be saved, but there was something burning in our hearts, you know, that said, man, we have found this treasure and other people need to hear about this as well. You know, there was a sense in our lives to say that, man, God has altered our lives. God has transformed us. He has changed us. He has moved us, transformed us from darkness into His marvelous light. You know, and, and we knew as teenagers that this is something that the whole world needs to hear about. You know, so even in winter, literally our hands, our fingers will be blue. You know, we would barely, you know, like see our Bibles and hold our Bibles. But we knew there was something that God has done in us. And it was so deep. It was such a transformative work that we say every single person needs to hear about this. And I remember one morning, you know, as we were just, uh, we've just shared the gospel. And then after that, we would make like a buratrus, you know, for the non-Afrikaans the non, the non people. That's like a lacquer, you know, or for coffee or for tiki, you know, but that's like lacquer. You know, so we would sit down sort of like just to debrief what God has done and be scared, you know, because, I mean, we didn't know anything. And I remember one morning as we were sitting, you know, just uh, packing everything down, a lady walked in. And we thought, oh, 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 it's one of our persecution kind of like people, you know, we're going to hear it today. And, uh, and this lady walked into the house, and as she walked into the house, we saw, you know, when someone walks in, and there's just a, you, can, you realize that this is going to be something deep. This is heavy. You know, and I remember as teenagers just like standing there looking this tiny, you know, like in the eyes and thinking, oh my word, we're about to get a hiding or a scolding of our lives. You know, and the story started like this. She said, guys, you know, as you started, you know, preaching this morning, what you guys don't know is I was lying in my bed. And as I was lying in bed, I was contemplating to commit suicide. You know, that life has been so rough, like things have been so difficult that I've been contemplating that the only way out is for me to take my own lives. 
And then she said it as well. She said, but you know, as I was contemplating this thing and saying today is the day that I'm going to take my own life, I, I, I heard a small voice. I mean, I have a small voice now, you know, so you can just imagine, you know, the small voice that was when I was 16. She said, as I was, as I was, as I was contemplating and thinking of these things, I heard a small voice far off, you know, because she lived very far from where we were. And she said she heard this voice, and when she heard this voice, it just stood hope in her heart. And there was just something that told her that, you know what, there is purpose towards your life. That there is something that God wants to do in you and also through you. And you can just imagine as teenagers, as we've listening to this story and realizing you know, that, that God has moved someone literally from death, you know, to life. You can imagine, like, we, I mean, we were, we were stoked. We were like, this is what it's all about. And if our, you know, our efforts and, and our packing up and our setting down and walking, you know, in winter and our blue fingers and all of that, if it was just for that one lady, then it was all worth it. And I want to say that I have really a sense in my heart that God wants to come and do and that same work. He wants to come and show us what it looks like to be used by God, to be vessels and to be instruments that are used for God's glory. You know, God wants to come and I remember one of the sermons that, that Uncle Wool, you know, just, just preached. He said, I dare not, you know, speak about what God has done through other people. I want to have testimonies of what it looks like, what it feels like to be used by God individually and personally. And I want to say that as much as God wants to use us as a church corporately, I also want to say God wants to use us as individuals. That wherever He's placed us in our careers, you know, in, in our schools, in our studies, you know, wherever He has placed us, God wants to use us to bring people to the knowledge of who He is. So if you think about the word mission, Tonight, if I would ask in this, in this room, you know, what, 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 what is a mission, you know, or, or what does it feel like to be on a mission? I think all of us, you know, would probably come from a lot of different sides. You know, some of you, maybe we've been at TMT or we've been in the church for a long time, would tell you a mission is going, you know, like in, uh, jumping into buckies and combis and buses and all of that to go to a different country to preach the gospel, you know, to trans, you know, see the, 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 the transforming power of the gospel over there and come back. You know, and for some of us, maybe for, um, for guys like Mac who've been in the military, you know, if I would ask you, what does it feel like or what is a mission? You know, you would say, you know, probably something like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going out to do something for a specific purpose to a specific group or to a, spe a specific person. You know, and there's a, there's a sense of, you know, focus. There's a sense of this is what I'm called to do. There's a sense of, you know, this is purpose. This is my existence. You know, that this is the thing that I was created to do. You know, and I feel like, you know, that God wants to in each and every one of our lives that God wants to come and show us what does it feel like to be on a mission with Him. And, and I, I specifically felt like for us as a congregation, you know, we've almost like separated our lives, you know, to say that this is my life, these are my studies, or this is my workplace, or this is what I do, you know, apart from the church. And then outside of church, I'll kind of like create time to reach out to people, you know, to share the gospel with people or, or all of that, you know. But I feel like the Lord is saying that He wants to come and marry the two. You know, He wants your life to be a mission-filled life. 
He wants you, as you are an accountant, a lawyer, a, a physiotherapist, you know, for the guys who are physio physiotherapists, a bioconnectors, he wants to come and use that in your workplace, in your world of study, to share the gospel with people and to bring people to a knowledge of who he is. So it's not something that is separated. And if I, I need to I'll maybe ask a second question tonight is, what is God's mission then? So the first thing is, what is a mission? But the second thing, what is God's mission? And, and I, I think that if I would ask this, this second question, that a lot of us, you know, would, uh, would have different ideas of what God's mission is. But to put it simply, I want to say that God's mission is to reconcile people to Himself. It's as easy and succinct and as short as that. He wants to come and reconcile people to Himself. Just like you and I have been reconciled to God, just like you and I have been moved from bondages, you know, from a life of darkness into His marvelous light, from a place of dying, of death into life, from a place, you know, of, of not knowing God, being far separated from God, in the same way that you have seen light, in the same way that you are free, God wants you, you to, 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 to use you as well to come and do the same thing in other people's lives. And Andrew shared a word, Yesterday, um, in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18 to 19, I'm going to ask Quintus just to put it up for us. And it says, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting us to, or to us the message of reconciliation. So you and I are not just reconciled to God, but God wants to use our, our very lives to come and reconcile other people to Himself. And I, I, I want to ask you, how open are you to that? If you would really consider deeply tonight and ask yourself, does your life really, really, really reflect a life that is laid down for God? Because a lot of us think that I'm here to be an actor or to learn how to be an actor, you know, some of us think I'm here to learn what it looks like, you know, to be a lawyer. You know, I'm here to, 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 to learn what it, looks, what it looks like to be an engineering. But I want to say that God wants to use your career and, and those very things that you think brought you here. God wants to use those things, you know, to, to bring the gospel to people. So I want to say that you were not born to be an engineer. That is a secondary thing. You were not born to be an accountant. It's a secondary thing. You were not born to be an actuary. It's a secondary thing. It's a vehicle. It's an instrument that God wants to use to bring about His kingdom. And there's an inclination in our, in our, in our lives. I know it because personally, I've, I've went through this. And I need to, uh, every single day, I need to struggle with my own heart to say, Godfrey, you are not here to build your kingdom. You are not here to build your own life. You are here to build God's kingdom. So for those of you guys who don't know our story, you know, a little bit of our story is both my wife and I are from the free state. And uh, so lekker vrij start. So I brought lekker Afrikaans, So both my wife and I are from the free state. And if you were to ask us, do we love Stellenbosch? We would say it's incredible. I mean, it's heaven on earth. You know, it's like the place where Jesus walks in the street. You know, I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's an incredible space, the mountains, the seas, the rivers, the everything that we see around us, it is incredible. But if you would ask us, where would we choose to be? I think without a heartbeat, we would say, we want to be in the free state with our families. If we would really be honest with ourselves. 
Because both of us are people that are, we, we are family, family fast. You know, we love our family. You know, but, but we recognize that God was shifting us many years ago, shifting us from our own comfort, shifting us from our, the places where we thought, man, this is where we're going to settle. This is what we're going to do with our own lives. And he said, uh, 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 I want you guys to be in Stellenbosch because I want to use you to bring about my kingdom. And I must say that there's a tendency in both of our hearts at times, you know, to, to stray away from that which God wants us to do. Sometimes we forget that we're not here to build careers. We're not here to build, you know, whatever thing that we want to build on this earth. But we're here to build His kingdom. And I want to say for, for many of us that are starting off, you know, maybe next year you're starting to work and all of that. Start right now, you know, start, just shift your mind to say, man, I'm going into the workplace not just to be an engineer or an accountant or lawyer or whatever it is, a doctor, but I'm going in there because God wants to bring His kingdom through me. So in Luke 19 verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who are lost. That is the mission of Jesus. And it's our mission as well. He's giving us the same thing and saying, man, we need to be those who seek the people that are lost. And we need to trust you know, and contend and share the gospel with people, you know, to make sure, you know, that people get saved. So the last question that I want to ask is, so how does this mission, you know, that we've spoken about now, or this ministry of reconciliation, where God has reconciled us, how does that translate into our lives? What does it mean for you and I today to also be on a mission with God? And on a proposed the following to you. And the first thing that I want to say is, can I tell you, or, or can I propose to you rather, or submit to you that God wants to come and use each and every single area of your life. He wants to use it to come and bring about His kingdom. So that means your finances, God wants to use that. Your resources, God wants to come and use that. Your career, God wants to come and use that, your friendships, every single thing in your life that you possess, God wants to come and, and use those things to bring about His kingdom. But here's the thing, are we going to allow Him to do that through us, or are we going to continue just holding on to our own lives and to our own things and not realizing that we're not here for ourselves? So we know this very well in Matthew 28 verse I think it's from verse 19 or from verse 18. It says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you to the end of the age. So Jesus here is saying to his disciples, go, therefore, and make disciples. And after making those disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And it says, and teach them to observe or to obey everything that I have commanded you to obey. And it gives us a beautiful promise to say, behold, that I'll be with you until the very age. And as I try to learn this thing, I want to say that in the same way that Jesus told this to his disciples, it's the same thing that he wants to tell you and I. To go, to make disciples, 
to baptize them, to teach them, and to realize, man, that God has given us the most important thing that you and I can have as we try to live this mission-filled life, and that is His presence. That we would know that we were not called to do this in our own power, in our own strength, in our own eloquence, in our own gifts, in our own talents. We can't transform anyone's life. We can't change anyone's life in and of ourselves. It's God that comes and He works through us, you know, to bring about transformation in people's lives. So you and I, the only thing we need today is to open up ourselves to say, God, come and establish your kingdom through me. So God wants to come and organize. He wants us to, to organize the whole of our lives. Every single bit, every single element of our lives. He wants us to reorganize everything towards this mission. I mean, just, just try to think for a couple of seconds. Think about your own story. Think about how far you were removed from God. Think about just... The darkness that you've experienced and Mika shared in the prayer meeting, you know, just the absence of God. You know, think about, you know, the absence of God. Think about the, the time before you became a Christian. How was that like? And think about that day when God's love just broke through into your life. And when you knew, man, that you never ever experienced love and forgiveness and reconciliation in the way that you've experienced it that day. And I want to say that same thing, you know, that you've experienced. God wants other people to come experience that same thing. So I will end with a story. At work, we are busy uh, with different projects. And, and one of the projects that we are busy with, uh, we're working in a place called Ghanadendal. And for those of you guys who don't know, it's uh, about five kilometers away from Grayton. But as we were just doing research about this place, the fascinating thing for me is, it spoke about, and I know Leonard has, has preached about the Moravian church, I think. But the, but the, but the, uh, the story of, of, of Hanadendal is basically how it started, how it was established as a town. Is A guy went from Germany, from a revival that God was breaking out in Germany, came to South Africa in 17, around 1727. And he felt the call of God to come to South Africa and to come and preach the gospel with people. And this guy's name was George Smith. And he was 27 years old. He packed every single thing that he had. He took his family and he came to a country where he doesn't know anyone. He doesn't know where he is going. But he, he knew that, man, God is calling him to bring the gospel to Africa. You know, and just something, as I was, just, as I was, as I was reading the story about this guy who left everything, man, I, my heart was just stirred. To say that he was 27 years old and he left like thousands and thousands and thousands of kilometers. His comfort, his family, you know, many, many things he left behind because he knew that God wanted, you know, to bring about his glory in a place where he's never, ever, ever been before. And I want to say you and I don't have to go to Germany. We don't have to go to, to Africa. If that's what God wants you to do, yes, please do that. But I want to say, man, there's a guy that lives next to you. There's a lady that lives next to you. There's a neighbor that lives opposite you that you see every single day. You know, there's, maybe you're in a community where people, you have people that are saved. You have family members that do not know God. And I want to say, God wants to come and use you. So don't shift the responsibility to someone else. God wants to come and use you to bring about his kingdom. 
But as I said, will you be open towards that? So I want to end with a practical example. Can all of us just take out our phones? Just take out your phone or, your, or, or an, uh, a notepad if you, if you have a notepad. You know, as the Bible says that we're not called, you know, to be just hearers of the word, but we're called to be doers of the word. So I want you to just uh, take a couple of seconds right now, and I know it's a very awkward and weird exercise, but take a couple of seconds, you know, really pray and think about your life. And I want you to think about specific names. You know, a lot of times we make, the, you, know, the, the, you know, the mission of the gospel, we make it a very abstract thing. You know, like, yes, I will go out and I'll preach the gospel to people. You know, but tonight I want you to think about specific names. It can be people in your family. It can be people who are your relatives. You know, maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a colleague that doesn't know God. And I want you to take a couple of seconds just to write down those names. Type it out and just write write it out. Now give us about 20 seconds to just do this exercise. So the second thing that I, want to, that I want you to commit to, and I'm using the word commitment, is in Matthew 9 verse 38, it says, Jesus looked at the crowds, and they were like sheep without a shepherd, harassed and abused and going through all sorts of stuff. And he looked at his, at his disciples and he said, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send out laborers. So the second thing that I want you to commit to, not to say, I'll do it or I'll shift it to someone else, is I want you right now in your heart to commit and say, God, in this next week, I am going to take out intentional time to pray for these names you know, that, I, that I have. You know, and Paul says in Colossians 4, pray that God may open to us a door for the gospel. And I want you, maybe for a couple of seconds, just to pray that. You know, it can be a simple prayer. Don't make it super complicated. Just in your own way, in your own words, for a couple of seconds, just say, God, would you come and open up the door for the gospel for me in these people's lives? And then lastly, would you commit to share the gospel with those people? Would you open up your heart and allow God to use you to share the gospel verbally with those people? And I'm excited. I'm really, I'm, I'm filled with faith and I, I have an expectation that God would come and use each and every one of us here tonight to bring about his kingdom. 
So as we end, can I just invite everyone just to stand? And then maybe the worship team can just come, can just come forward. So lastly, what I'm going to ask us to do is I'm just going to ask everyone to just close their eyes for a couple of seconds. I think it would really be weird if we preach about what we preach about tonight and if you've heard the different words that God has spoken tonight and that we don't give an opportunity for people who are in here who doesn't know Jesus to say, I want to make right with the Lord. You know, like, I want to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So with every eye closed right now, I don't want to put anyone on the spot or embarrass you in any form or way. But if you're here tonight and you're saying, Godfrey, I want to live this mission-filled life. I want God to use me, but I don't even know what you are talking about tonight because I don't have a relationship with Jesus. So if you're here tonight and you say, I don't know Jesus, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, and I would like to make things right with the Lord tonight. If that is you tonight, would you just slip your hand up wherever, you, wherever you're standing? So if you're here tonight and you know that you don't have a relationship with God, that you know that you know that you know that you know that, man, you are far removed from Him, I want to say that He wants to bring each and every one of us closer to Himself. So I want to give a couple of seconds. I don't want to rush this. So if you're here tonight, and I'm not going to force anyone, but if you're here tonight and you know that you want to respond to the gospel tonight, you can just slip up your hand wherever you are. So I assume that all of us in here know Jesus, which is incredible, man. Because that means more people can get saved, eh? That means more soldiers can be deployed, you know, to be on the mission field and to really be used by God. So maybe lastly, um, I don't know if the worship team has a song or anything like that, but if they don't have a song, do you guys have a song? What you can do? <laughs> so putting them on the spot, eh? So, so maybe just to end tonight, maybe as a... A sort of like a, a remembering again and a commission to say that man in Matthew 28 Jesus has deplored each and every one of us to bring about his kingdom wherever we are so so as we just respond with the song of worship can all of us just raise you know, like just our hands as a son to say God we want to be used by you and I'm just gonna pray for us and after the prayer we'll just go through and just worship God for one more time so father we just want to come before you tonight God Lord, and we thank you that your word says in Acts 1, Father, that, Lord, we receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us to be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, to Samaria, and to the end of the world, God. And tonight, Father, we open up our lives, we open up ourselves, we open up our hearts, God, to say, Lord, we want to be used by you, Father. So I pray tonight, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, Father, would you come and pour out your Spirit, Lord God, upon all flesh tonight, God. And I pray, would you empower each and every one of us, God, to be a people that shares the gospel of Jesus Christ with 
with other people. God, I pray tonight, would you come and stir up a faith, God, for souls to be saved. I pray tonight, God, would you come and just uh, release boldness, God. Would you come and release courage, Father, tonight in the name of Jesus, God. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, would you come and do away with, with fear tonight, God. I pray, would you come and break fear, the fear of men in the name of Jesus Christ, Father. And I pray, would you use each and every single one of us, God, to bring about your kingdom. Lord, we worship you. We glorify you. We praise you, Father, because you are worthy of every soul. You are worthy, God, of every life. You are worthy, God, of every person that comes to the knowledge of who you are, Father. We praise you, Lord.